Hello, welcome to another installment of the Central American Group's podcast, in which experts discuss topics related to doing business in Costa Rica, El Salvador, and the rest of the region. Hello, welcome to another installation of the continuing series of Central American Group podcasts. We speak with people that are experts in various fields related to doing business in Central America. Today, we're speaking with Jorge Sequera, and he's the director of Cinde. Cinde is the uh, well-known economic development promotion group of Costa Rica. Hello, Jorge. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, Steve. It's great talking to you. Could you give us a little bit of a background on, on yourself and your organization, please? Sure, I'd be glad to. So, uh, yes, I am the managing director at Cinde. Cinde is Costa Rica's investment promotion agency. We have been doing this for almost 40 years now. We're a private nonprofit organization declared of public interest in 19, since 1984. And so we are a public-private partnership. We work together with the Ministry of, um, of, of uh, Foreign Trade and Costa Rica's Export Promotion Agency um, you know, to develop policies and to develop strategies to attract foreign direct investment into Costa Rica. We work with strategic sectors, such as the life sciences, information technology, advanced manufacturing, and centers of excellence sectors. Those are some of our key sectors, and, and we have been you know, very successful over the years, having attracted uh, over 300 multinational companies into Costa Rica that today generate 120,000 direct employees and approximately 60,000 indirect employees in all these different strategic sectors. Well, you know, we're in very challenging times, Jorge, and uh, uh, our understanding is that uh, Costa Rica has, has done a very good job in containing uh, the pandemic, but the first case of COVID was diagnosed on March 6th, 6th in Costa Rica. Uh, the country has 10 registered deaths right now and uh, over uh, almost 1,100 confirmed cases of the, no the novel co coronavirus. This is the country, Costa Rica, with the lowest mortality rate. I believe it's uh, under 1%. How has Costa Rica made this possible? Well, it's a combination of factors, Steve. Uh, you would have to go back uh, in history about seven years when Costa Rica abolished the army by constitution, the first country in the world to do so. And we took that money, invested it in education and in healthcare. Uh, we have invested in our people which, by the way, that's the reason so many companies are here, because of our education, because of our talent. So we're talking about health here today in your question. And so we have developed one of the best universal healthcare systems in the world. In fact, it's been ranked as one of the top five best universal healthcare, healthcare systems in the world. We have what we call the EBIs, which are these small health centers that are distributed throughout all the communities in our country that become sort of antennas to detect any potential surge of, you know, uh, uh, of the virus in different parts of the country. And so the health authorities can act immediately to go and prevent that and to immediately quarantine those people and the people surrounding them so that they don't become, you know, contagious for other people or the neighbors or other, um, you know, people at work or, or, or in other um, endeavors. So together with an electronic a system that was developed by our centralized uh, universal healthcare 
institution, La Caja Costarricense Seguro Social, which again is, is one of the few in the world that can say that, you know, almost 100% of the population is all, you know, included in this electronic healthcare system where, you know, you can go to any hospital or clinic or one of these small abides in the country and the people there would have access to your clinical record uh, through that electronic system. So, you know, it's a combination of factors uh, that, that, have, that, have, that have helped Costa Rica, uh, you know, have these great results so far in terms of containing uh, the virus. I would have to add to that, that also, you know, recognize that the people of Costa Rica have responded to the healthcare authorities call, you know, for social distancing, and we, for example, in our sector, we have been able to send uh, service companies uh, home, you know, to work from home in a matter of one, two or three days, 98% of personnel were working from home, avoiding, of course, contact, uh, you know, at work with their, with their workmates. So, you know, I think it's, it's a, a number of, of things that have happened that we've done right to have those, those great results so far. This has been a problem uh, all over the world, obviously, but uh, during the outbreak, how have multinational companies that are operating in Costa Rica uh, managed to be, have continuity in their business operations? So, th so that's a really good question, Steve, because it was a challenge. Almost overnight, we had to send, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of people to work from home. Uh, you have companies here doing very, very critical operations in cybersecurity, in data analytics, in finance, in HR, you know, that are mission critical. And some of them have very, very confidential information of the companies or, or their customers. Um, and, you know, supposedly most of these jobs could not be done from home. Well, it turns out that in one, two or three days, like I said before, you know, 98% of these positions were working from home. So it could be done. And that was thanks to a, a very robust communications, you know, uh, uh, internet um, infrastructure here in Costa Rica. The fact that most of these people have connectivity from home, that they have the conditions at home to provide those services, that they had the equipment, you know, laptops or desktops, whatever the case might be, you know, that they could deliver that service right from their from their own homes, um, and then in the in the manufacturing side, we had to work very hard. We put together work groups, you know, public private work groups, to address the different issues in you know logistics, for example, in understanding the new dec uh, decrees that were implemented almost daily by the government, you know, with new rules and regulations of how this could be done and how we could continue work. But the fact of the matter, Steve, is that we were able to have you know, practically 100% business continuity to all our customers and all, all, the, all the multinationals operating here in Costa Rica. And that has helped actually Costa Rica you know, attract uh, processes, both manufacturing and service processes, from faraway places such as uh, you know, Manila and Mumbai or closer places such as Mexico, El Salvador, or Colombia, you know, in countries where they had much more trouble in you know keeping that you know, business continuity going and we were able to actually pick up on those processes and help those multinational companies you know have globally speaking you know continuity for their customers so 
Um, I, I think that it has been a very nice success story in terms of the resilience that we have been able to show, uh, you know, for the companies to continue operating during this pandemic. It's, it's commonly believed that uh, it's very important during quote unquote down times like this or challenging times like this uh, to do marketing. So how have Cinde uh, your organization worked during the pandemic to continue promoting foreign direct investment in Costa Rica? Well, first and foremost, uh, and foremost, we understood that our number one, number two, and number three priority at that time was taking care of our customers. We put all our energy, everybody, all the investment promotion people, all the marketing people, everybody, we were all behind our current customers making sure they could continue doing business, they can continue operating flawlessly. And, and that's what really we concentrated, you know, all our efforts during the first month or two. You know, once we passed that, you know, initial stage and we sort of had this new normal of all these companies operating from home and the manufacturing companies with all their logistics issues resolved and everybody you know, operating normally, um, we were able at that point to start looking then into the future. Of course, there is a, a world after, after COVID. And, uh, you know, we started looking at, at, at picking up, you know, from, from we had left off in the past uh, with a value proposition, which is based on three pillars, uh, people, planet, and prosperity. And we believe that value proposition to be more valid than ever today. And when we add, when we add to that, the resiliency that we were able to prove to the world that we talked about uh, a few minutes ago, you know, I think we have a very, very strong value proposition and, and, and statement to make for companies that are looking to relocate closer to home, in this case, to the North American market, you know, those companies looking to nearshore, those companies looking for the China plus one strategy, Costa Rica absolutely has to be in that top list of candidate countries where they can bring their operations, be them manufacturing, you know, advanced manufacturing, life sciences, you know, or of course, services, particularly um, IT and centers of excellence where we have excelled. Looking forward um, in a post pandemic world, uh, what are the next steps for Costa Rica? And, and how do you plan to continue creating and uh, offering more business opportunities uh, for people that might want to invest in Costa Rica? So the key, the key factor here is talent. Costa Rica doesn't have a large internal market. We don't have oil or any minerals. The reason companies come, come to Costa Rica is because of our talent. We talked about that earlier in this interview of how Costa Rica invested in developing its talent uh, by education uh, since many, many decades ago. Uh, so, you know, our strategy has to continue uh, to be, you know, developing that talent, that bilingual talent that multinational companies are looking for. Post-COVID, companies are going to look, like we said, you know, like I said before, they're going to be looking to be closer to home. They want to have cultural affinity. They want to be able to be one flight away from their um, operations. And Costa Rica offers all of that together with a, you know, very, very, you know, strong and proven, and proven uh, rule of law, respect to the rule of law. Uh, we have an, an excellent uh, free trade zone regime that offers zero tax, uh, up to zero tax, uh, income tax, and all kinds of taxes, exemptions. 
you know, for companies operating here out of Costa Rica. And together with the free trade agreements that we have with two thirds of the world's GDP, including you know, most of the Americas, obviously the United States, Mexico, Canada, Europe, you know, Korea, China, and many, many other countries, uh, you know, it's a perfect place for companies to, to come and do business. Uh, but we, we, we understand that to do that, we have to be a competitive nation. We have to develop the talent. We have to have the right connectivity. We have to have electricity. You know, that's redundant, high quality, and at competitive cost. And those are the areas in which we are we're working. One thing that uh, was a very positive um, and impressive development for Costa Rica is that last month it became a member of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD. Um, you've become the 38th member, and joining this group... <laughs> is a clear acknowledgement that Costa Rica uh, meets world standards that are demanding uh, for foreign direct investment. Can you please tell us more about uh, these very positive events that have occurred uh, for Costa Rica in the, in, the, in the recent past? Yes, we're very proud to become the 38th member of the OECD. As you know, it's a very select group of member states that are committed to you know, world-class uh, public policies in the benefit, for the benefit of their citizens. Um, so this was a long process. It took us about eight years to get here. Uh, we had to go through 22 rigorous committee evaluations. We had to pass through Congress many laws uh, you know, in order to, to comply with those strict demands and those strict standards that the OECD sets for its member states. But the best is just to come, yet to come, because now we will be measured against the best in the world. So in any areas, be it education, be it infrastructure, be it, be it um, statistics, in any area, we will now be measuring ourselves against the best, against the best standards. And that means that Costa Rica will be, and, and already has been over the last eight years, on that track towards those you know, world-class public policies in all areas, including, of course, all the business areas. So, you know, for us, being a member of the OECD is sort of um, uh, a certification of a country that has, you know, sort of uh, become one of those top countries in the world in terms of responsibility. And it gives companies the confidence that they can come here and do business with a country that respects intellectual property that respects human rights, that you know, has the rule of law, um, and that you know, basically that they can feel safe doing business here in, in, in the most wide, um, wider meaning of the word safe here in Costa Rica. So I, I think that this will really help um, in our effort of attracting more foreign direct investment because companies will be, again, feeling more comfortable safer in doing business in, a, in an OECD member. Well, you know, I know we, we've only scratched the surface here and we could uh, speak about Costa Rica and its uh, benefits and its uh, offerings for foreign direct investors. But uh, because we have limited time and because we have an inquisitive audience that often has questions that are follow up to what's been discussed, uh, how would people that uh, would wanna ask you something um, Costa Rica get in contact with you? Well, I think the easiest way would be simply to write 
uh, at our info at cinde.org. That would be info at c-i-n-d-e dot o-r-g. And we'd be glad to reply to any, any questions people might have. Sometimes we also, in the transcript of um, the discussion that appears on the webpage where this is published, we often uh, have a link to individuals that have spoken with us to their uh, LinkedIn pages. Would it be okay to put a link to your LinkedIn page and, and perhaps people could learn a little bit more about you? Of course, no problem. All right, I, I want to thank you for taking the time this morning and I want to wish you a lot of luck in terms of your activities and, and great success for Costa Rica. Thank you, and Steve, I've been corrected actually. The, the correct address would be invest at cinde.org. Sorry about that. Okay, well, invest at cinde.org it is, and um, we hope that we get a lot of uh, questions from people that are interested in doing business in your country uh, directed in your, in your uh, inbox. Well, we'll be glad to answer their questions and to see them in Costa Rica. Thank you very much and have a great day. And again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Thank you for listening. Sign up to receive the Central American Group's quarterly newsletter by visiting www.thecentralamericangroup.com.